Good morning. It's good to be here with you or with you as we can be through the lens of the camera. Lots of people have said, whereabouts are we and how do we do this? We put the services out live, the worship on a Thursday evening and then Sunday morning. So I thought I would introduce you to the space. This is number 195 Tory Street. We're next door to where we usually would meet for worship. Upstairs is an apartment where John and Rox live, and downstairs is our, our office space and facilities. We've got some meeting rooms and a kitchen and um, an office, and we've got a front room, which is usually used for music and worship practice and has recently become something of a video suite. So I'm going to give you a quick tour around this part of the room you've seen, but let's show you the other side and introduce you to John, and you can see all the good things that he's doing. We have had to make a lot change quickly and John has made a huge contribution in helping us to maintain connection and to ensure the tech side of, of what we're doing. So I'm really grateful to you, John. Thank you for what you have done and what you continue to do. You saw the beginnings of one light. There are multiple lights shining. Um, you almost need sunglasses, but it helps us and it ensures connectivity. On the subject of light, this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to look at this idea of light. A simple but obvious question. What's the first thing you do when you walk into a room? The usual answer would be you turn on the light. I'm keeping with the obvious analogy here. On the assumption that it's dark, if you don't turn on the light, you can't see. If you do turn on the light, you can see. This is ridiculously obvious. But sometimes the obvious examples and analogies and stories can have some truth that can really help us. Jesus was the best storyteller. And he used parables and stories and analogies and examples that were often very common very obvious, but yet had some teaching and some depth, and light was one of them. Let me show you something. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me. We're going to look at two short passages. The first one is in John 1 in the New Testament. We're looking at John 1, verse 4 to 5, and it says this. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This passage at the beginning of John's Gospel is introducing Jesus. And it says in Jesus there was life and there was light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is illuminated and just goes away because such is the power of light. When you turn on a light, the darkness goes. The light changes the darkness. It moves it and it's gone. Light has huge power, huge power. My hometown of Romsey, England is near uh, an area called Wellow and there is a house there that is the family home of Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale was a British social reformer and considered to be the founder of modern-day nursing. She played a really key role in the Crimean War in the 1850s. 
And she was known as the lady with the lamp. She had a small lamp that she would use to illuminate so she could see what she was doing so she could care and help for people. An extract from a newspaper described her in this way. She is the ministering angel. Without an exaggeration, in these hospitals, her slender form glides quietly along each corridor. Every poor fellow's face softens with gratitude at the sight of her. When all the medical officers had retired for the night and silence and darkness have settled down upon those prostrate sick, she may be observed alone with a little lamp in her hand, making her solitary rounds. She was famous for this lamp. She was the lady with the lamp. And the example, as I said, when you turn on a light, the light illuminates so you can see what you're doing. And without the light, you can't. She was the lady with the lamp. This passage explains Jesus as light. Jesus was the light. Jesus carried the light. And everywhere Jesus went, the light changed the circumstances and the situations and the people around him. So how did he do that? Sometimes when I imagine Jesus, I don't imagine him in the way so many pictures and drawings and artwork that have tried to describe Jesus before are fully captured. So often the idea of Jesus is this religious figure who's stern and sensible and and I'm not convinced that's the Jesus of the New Testament. When I read the stories of Jesus, Jesus is the person who, if you were there and you had a party, his name would be the top of the list. He brought life everywhere he went. I imagine Jesus is fun. I imagine Jesus is caring. If you read the stories of Jesus, he listened to people. He cared for people. He didn't weigh or value some people as more important than others. Everyone was important to Jesus. Everyone's guest list would have had Jesus' name on. Because where he went, he changed the situation and circumstance. And as the passage in John describes him as light, the light steps in and every room it appears in, it changes the circumstances. And that's, that's who Jesus was and is. And Jesus did this in a way that didn't make people feel bad. Now, he called them to change. There was always an invitation to change. But he didn't make people feel bad or guilty. But he highlighted and illuminated the darkness that was within them and then asked them to change and called them to change, usually by way of an invitation. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God which is a term that means the rule and reign of God, the way things were meant to be. The world was and is pretty dark. Jesus stepped into that world with a light that warmed and illuminated people. And then he invited them and said, don't stay in darkness. Make a decision to step towards the light. Step into this kingdom of God, the way things were always meant to be. Jesus was a master at doing that bringing hope, bringing light, and then bringing an invitation to step into the light. Keeping with the New Testament, the first book of the Bible of the New Testament, Matthew 5. Let's look at this passage. In the last passage, 
The Gospel of John described Jesus as the light of the world that has come into the world. Matthew 5, the story that we pick up at this point is Jesus is traveling with his followers, with his disciples, the people that are learning from him, spending time for him, seeing the way he's doing things. And in Matthew 5, verse 14, we read Jesus give this teaching. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Keeping with the night analogy, the light analogy, Jesus was and is the light of the world, and light changes darkness. And then Jesus says to his followers, the disciples of the day and the disciples now, which is me and you, and Jesus says, you are the light of the world. If we have come to Jesus, if we've responded to Jesus, if we said yes to the offer to receive the light that is Jesus, then we become the light of the world too. We become like Jesus. And Jesus says, because he knows that many of us have done that, he says, you are the light of the world. And then he uses an analogy. A city or a town on a hill can't be hidden. What that means is it's really obvious. Everyone sees it. And then he uses another analogy. And this analogy, he uses a lamp. And he says, nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a bowl or concedes conceals it you wouldn't hide it away it would be like turning on a light and then covering it with a black cloth you you wouldn't do that and the reason you wouldn't do that is because it wouldn't have any value any influence it wouldn't be doing what it was made to do you just wouldn't do that so when jesus says you are the light of the world and quickly follows it with these two analogies he says, if you are the light of the world, and for those people that have come to Jesus and accepted the gift that is Jesus offering his light, then you are the light of the world. You can't be hidden. You can't be concealed. You can't be like a lamp that you cover, cover over with a bowl any more than if there was a city on the top of a hill. You wouldn't be subtle or hidden. You'll be clear for all to see. That's the point. Let your light shine. Let the light that is the light of Jesus in you shine so that others will see and hear and feel the difference. And how, how do we do that? The same way Jesus did. We care. We listen. We take an interest in people. We help them, we serve them, we're generous towards them. By doing so, we bring light into the darkness of their lives, their context, their world. We do that graciously and we do that in love because that's what Jesus did to us. And then, like Jesus, we offer them an invitation. You don't have to stay in darkness. Would you like to receive the light too? This is simple, 
but yet profound. This is easy to understand, but yet has the potential to change everything. I am so grateful for the people in my life who offered me the light that is Jesus. I'm grateful for my parents who brought me up to know the light of Jesus. I'm grateful for youth pastors, people in the church who sat with me in my teenage years and asked me questions and took an interest in me and cared for me and encouraged me and by doing so offered me the light of Jesus. I'm grateful for my friends and my church that that continues to do that. That is the story. That is the example of what it means to be people that carry the light. And I'm so grateful that they gave me an opportunity, an invitation, not to stay where I was, but to respond towards Jesus and to receive the light. My hope for us as a church is that we will be a community of people who say yes and receive the light, but don't just conceal it or keep it to ourselves, but that we take it with us and we offer it to our friends and our neighbors and our family and anyone and everyone. May we be people like Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp, who carried the light of Jesus everywhere we go. And may we offer it generously. I'm so encouraged recently by stories I've heard, and I won't use any specific examples, but I'm so encouraged by stories of people who I know are finding faith in amazing ways. I had a conversation with someone within the last month who said to me, it is as if a light has illuminated areas of my life and is changing them, which is what happens when the light shines in the darkness. I'm grateful for the conversations that I have with people in all sorts of places. When I would go to the gym, when I walk the dog, when we're outside with our neighbors, when I'm playing pool with friends, I see the power of light illuminating and changing darkness. So may we as a church receive the light, the gift that is Jesus entirely. May it illuminate areas in us that are dark that need to change. And may we be those people who carry the light generously and offer it to those around us. Because to quote in the words of Jesus, you are the light of the world. Don't conceal it. Shine brightly. May we as a church collectively shine brightly in these times where for some people it's dark days. May the light of Jesus flow from us and through us and may it blaze and bring change around us. Amen. Let me pray. Father, I pray if there's anyone watching this that haven't, hasn't received the light of Jesus, may they at this point simply open themselves and say, Jesus, I want to receive you. Shine your light into my darkness and bring change. And Lord, for the many of us that have said yes and have received the gift of light, Lord, may we learn afresh what it means to become the light of the world. May we not seek to hide or to cover that light with a bowl or a sheet. May we not conceal the light that is Jesus in us, but may that light flow freely from us and may it illuminate the darkness around us. Amen.